This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 431 of the Dressage Radio Show, monthly Western edition. Brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. everyone. Coach Jen here. Tim and Karen are on the road this week. So sit back and enjoy this behind the scenes chat with Lynn Palm and the whole crew over at Fox Grove Farm, which was originally aired in 2016 on the Horses in the Morning show. Reese and Philip will be back next week with more news, guests and tips for all things dressage. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida, and this we have a very cool show that we recorded for you. This is a joint production of Horses in the Morning and our friend Wayne Williams of Speaking of Horses. We got together last week on the porch of Lynn Palm's beautiful Foxgrove Farm here in Ocala, Florida, and had a chat with Lynn Palm and several others that we think you are going to enjoy. Thank you to Wayne Williams for putting this together. You can see the video version of this at speakingofhorses.com. Hey, welcome to this joint broadcast between Horses in the Morning Radio and Speaking of Horses TV. Boy, we're glad to have you join us for this show. And, and uh, obviously, this is on Speaking of Horses TV, and it's on Horses in the Morning Radio. And uh, Glenn is sitting right here. Glenn the Geek, as they call you. That's right. <laughs> and any time I ever see you is when you come down and visit me here in Ocala. And well, we do a show together. Twice now, right? I know. I, I know. think I owe you one. Yeah, we we have to get you to Wisconsin, and I'm thinking January 5th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> you better have a lot of cheese. However, we're, we're you know we're happy to be doing this, and and we have a great opportunity here. We are in uh, Ocala, Florida, and we are at Palm Partnership Training, and uh, obviously that is uh, Fox Grove Farm, and it's Lynn Palm's facility here lynn and her husband beautiful farm here in ocala oh, yes yeah we are uh we're we first of all we thank you guys very much for your hospitality and you're we're very ha- welcome we're having a great time here so uh Good. well we're just glad to have him join us on the show yeah and you know what i've been here a few times my wife has shown here before and what a facility this is for that too we'll get into that later but uh it's it's such a great place to come over and I, one of the things I like about your facility, I'm going to compliment you right off the top. I'm going to get brownie points right, right here. Ahead. All right. Love it. Is how relaxed everything is here. There's no stress. You know, you can tell a barn or we've been in a lot of them and you can tell between Wayne and I, we've seen thousands of barns and farms. And we, we always say when you walk in a barn, you can tell the attitude of the people who are there immediately. You know, yep. you walk in, you can tell if it's a stressful barn, if it's a laid back barn, if it's an I don't care about anything barn, you just know right away. The aura, right? Yep. And this this place just has such a good aura. It really does. Yeah, especially when it's Lynn and I together in the barn sometime in the morning. Then it's a little crazy. But <laughs> then, then the aura might be a little normal. bit different. Husband and wife at each other. That's <laughs> why she travels so much, isn't <laughs> it? It's a little bit different. Yeah. 
That's that. I understand that. That's like when I'm home for a couple, three days, and Pat says, "Man, when are you going to back off on some of this traveling?" And then three days later, she says, "Don't you have somewhere to go?" (laughs) Well, thank you so much. But that's why we have this facility. Uh, We welcome. People, equestrians, and the best part of it all, we really attract people who have a passion with horses, as Cyril and I do. So that's what really makes that atmosphere what you're, ta- what you're saying. And it's really important for us that people enjoy it here. That's why we ha- bought this place. That's why we built what is here. And it's to, it's for all good things with people who love horses. But one of the things I like, Dwayne, is that it's also people, a lot of barns are for more advanced riders only, you know, they're only dealing with advanced riders. You guys really are inclusive here. Yes. I, I, I like that. Yes. It's, it's, it's truly open to all levels of riders. I mean, a few years ago, it started primarily as a, as a training facility, uh, training horses for competing. We were competing ourselves a lot and it evolved into creating more of an equestrian center, multidiscipline equestrian center, absolutely open to all levels of riders. That's very important for us. Well, and it is, and you can you can see that when when Pat and I got in here yesterday, and Marie kindly gave us a kind of a tour of the grounds. Uh, you know, it's just laid out beautiful. It's relaxed, and you can tell that depending on what you wanted to do, it's here for you. You know. But however, interestingly enough, our business is this challenge that often people say, "Oh, we're not good enough to come right at Foxgrove Farm." And, and really, I mean, I that's want to take not a, true. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> I just want is. to take a little bit advantage of, of having this, this exposure to say to people that we're not, we truly, truly have absolutely all levels of rider from truly beginner to advance. Yeah. But you know, that says good things though, in a way. If people do think that, it means that you've gotten yourself to a level where you're demanding that kind of respect too. You know, it may be false. It may be a false impression, but it also says a lot about where you've come from and and what you've achieved championship wise and and otherwise. Right. And that's just part of the. That people, as we said, that do come to ride with us, it doesn't matter what level and why is because as an instructor, you get the same rewards if you're working with somebody that you can make smile that's a rank beginner or someone that's going to the world show. It doesn't matter. And it's, it's, it's the reward for us is, is really truly uh, getting something accomplished with someone and their horse working together as a partnership and a team and that the horse is doing it willingly. And basically that's, it doesn't matter what level of rider. And, and if I may add, it's not just only, uh, all level, but all breeds of horses. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we welcome everybody yep. with any type of horses, any type of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're really about trying to teach people correct horsemanship. And, and you know, part of what makes that all obvious is uh this spring especially i've been at two or three different horse expos where lynn has been actually the one in tennessee is how this joint show all came about Mm -hmm. but you know lynn is very open to going to not just the big expos but if there's an expo regardless of the size that uh you know, wants to help people, mm-hmm. you're into it. Yeah, you're absolutely. You know, and, and that, that speaks volumes. Yeah. And, and uh, what I like about horse expos, it really proves to me how big the horse industry is, how many people are involved in the horse industry, whether it's a little or a small one. But again, coming back to the same common denominator, people that are there have a passion for horses and they want to do well with their horse ownership. So how can you not want to give back to people like that? So that's what really makes it fun on our part. 
Well, okay, but I want to back up a little. Do you okay. mind, Wayne? Back We're going to back the up. horse up. Back right. the carriage up. How did you two meet? Oh, that's an interesting question. Right here in Old California. Really? She came yeah. from Paris, and I came from the UP of Michigan to Ocala. Just six miles from here at uh, Carol Harris, the very famed horsewoman and, and owner breeder. of Rock yes. and breeder. Yeah. And um, it happened that um, um, I was really, really interested in uh, learning about the hunter discipline, which we don't have in Europe that much. Well, what did you do in Europe? Um, I was uh, I worked for six years as the head instructor at a very large uh, education center outside Paris. Doing what discipline? Or um, a little bit of everything? Not a little bit of everything, yeah. because in, in Europe, you basically ride in the three Olympic disciplines. So right. I had to compete in three, but I did primarily the jumper division. But I also created a school at the education center to prepare uh, young instructors for their first level of certification. Because in France, when you're a horse professional, everything is, you have to be certified. Uh, so I did that. But anyhow, to make a long story short, um, I also wanted, I was really, really interested to learn about the quarter horses and especially the appendix, the English quarter horses to try to import back in France um, as the perfect amateur horse. And teaching horse. And teaching yeah. horse. So I, uh, a friend of mine knew Carol. So can I go at Carol? And I worked for Carol for maybe uh, three, four months. <laughs> That's interesting for me. I come from a very, very formal background. I ended up in a round pen on a two-year-old quarter horse with a Western saddle. <laughs> so you want to talk about a culture shock? <laughs> it's like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> What's this thing right Yeah, what's this round pen thing? <laughs> Let's not go into that direction because it's a painful memory. How hard is it to jump in this saddle? <laughs> but anyhow, after a few weeks, I'm standing here. Oh, this big time trainer is, is coming to the farm and she's like this and she's like that and whatever. So Lynn comes in and I, I, I always I learn a lot by watching. So one day when I was done with my horses, I see Lynn riding. And I, so I go watch her and I see this lady on this big horse with Western tack and she looks great because coming from France, for me, Western riding was basically John Wayne in a real bravo <laughs> and Western riding was not synonymous with good riding. And, and I see Len riding with this beautiful position and quite so I got very intrigued. And then, so that's how we started uh, sharing uh, things between professionals and um very quickly, I just want to say the French charm operated. Uh, so who was it? So who was it? Oh, yeah? Was yeah. it the French charm? Yeah, I want to ask yeah. Lynn if that was true. It helped. No, no, it no. helped. <laughs> it helped. So who was love at first sight? Oh, neither one of you. Okay. Uh, uh, no, yeah, it, it, uh, I, I have to say, uh, and now let's, let's be serious. Uh, one of the, the traits that I appreciate the most about Len as a professional is she's extremely open-minded. She didn't know me from Adam. And, and one day she was working this horse over fences and she knew I had a little bit of experience over fences. And she said, would you help me? What do you think? Do you have any suggestions? I really love that about Len. Right. Um, and it happened that at the time, Carol's were going through a difficult time. And uh, she basically, when they tell me, I don't need you anymore, you can go back to France. Um, and Lynn was really gracious would you come with me in michigan and keep learning about the quarter horses and everything and and i will never forget that because it was a pretty pretty stressful time um and lynn was great um and so, then two years later i didn't let him yeah, go back to france <laughs> <laughs> so 
It's a, it's a pretty cool story. And how often are you in a Western saddle now? <laughs> <laughs> You're asking for with trouble. The, <laughs> with the young horses, for sure. Yeah, no, no, seriously, with the, with the young horses, I'm fairly tall. So if I have to ride really a, a, a young horse, uh, often I will use the Western saddle. Also, if that young horse is a little bit spirited, I'm telling you, I discovered that the Western saddle can be a great tool <laughs> to, stay, to stay on the horse, believe me. So... Um, you know, and things hurt more when you get older, don't they? When you fall, oh, it just yeah. starts you hurting just more. Do that. Yeah, Absolutely. you can't. Do you got to fall off less. You, yes. just, you <laughs> don't bounce as much. You splat no. more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's why Len and I now we we used to really specialize in a lot of young horses. We used to have a lot of young stallions. Uh, we don't do that anymore, obviously, because uh, as as you get older, and and if anything happens to uh, either of us, I mean, we need to run the business. We need to be able to do to continue to uh, operate. So you have to be you have to be more careful, or use a little bit more common sense as you get a little older. Well, uh, now that you're here in this facility, now when did you get this facility? Ninety-seven. Yeah, we bought it in ninety-seven. 97? Yep. And it was a turnkey place. Oh my gosh. It, uh, we were Boy, you very honored. you can tell honored. that now. Well, uh, yes, but we were Put very honored to buy it from a man who had terminal cancer. His name was Raymond Burr, not the actor, but a Hall of Fame USEF, um, um, horseman. Oh, I mean, yes. so he did Hunter Jumper. That's where he made his name in the, the, um, um, in that world. And then, um, when he retired from that, he got into the racehorses here in Ocala. He pinhooked, he bred some mares, he was very successful, and what a horseman. And uh, we found out about this place through a friend, and we got to meet him, and we connected so well, he even let us come on the farm with our horses before we even had the place bought. <laughs> so it was great, because we gave him a little more inspiration about living, and it was great. So we did have a great opportunity with him. It was a third farm he had developed in the Ocala area, so he had a real knack for it. And then um, there are main lodge that we have here in another guest house, and where we do most of our inner entertainment and and meals and so forth uh we built that ourselves and it took about a year and, and so and we're on that porch right now actually. Yes, yes we're on that exactly. porch and so um it's we've been here since yeah and we did put in a covered arena uh again uh we started to go less to michigan back to michigan which we still have our facility up there uh, but to stay here in the summertime, we were doing more of. So, of course, everybody was covered to, if you're going to you work gotta, at all here in the summertime. To, exactly. <laughs> and then what made it great for us is that when we do have our programs, if we have rain, it's okay. So we still have right. we can, the programs can go on. So it really makes it give great it, for give us. Give people an idea. Now, we're, we are located just north of Ocala, Florida here mm-hmm. uh, is where the farm is. Not too far off the highway, actually. Uh, give people an idea of the size of the facility you have here. Uh, we're 38 acres here. Um, we have uh, five or well, six houses yes. that we use for lodging people. 33 stalls. Yep, and people can come and rent if they're coming to Ocala? Yes. Yep. Uh, we've got a, what's most popular is our resident program, we call it. That's again in January, well, December through April mm-hmm. are, are the five months that people just love to come here, spend the winter, bring their horses. The husbands usually are very good golfers, so it works great. The women does the horses or whatever, but they come and stay an extensive period of time. They ride with us. They lodge here. They keep the horses here. Um, that's a very popular program. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place if you're going to come and stay, right? And I was you were here. Yes. Oh yeah. We we have the uh, use of the what Fox's Den. Fox Den. Yep. Fox they're, Den. They're all got a fox that's name. That's appropriate fox for you, Wayne. It's very. Was this the first we ate? The we silver asked, fox. Yeah. That's, yeah. We, oh, there we go. That's we could name a barn the Silver Fox. There you go. We needed another fox name. There okay, you go. That's it. Name it after Wayne, the that's Silver right. Fox. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, well, like I always tell them, even though uh, there's snow on the roof, that doesn't mean the fire's out in the furnace, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't know. Your exactly. wife's here. Maybe we should ask her that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Mr. Burr, let us keep the farm name. So, all our houses and everything's got a fox name. But we had a, two barns we wanted to rename. And How many barns are here? We have three. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. And we have the, the main show barn, a smaller barn, and then we have a barn dedicated to the students. Yeah, that come. That's- so, so is most of the activity here this the the training or uh, is it? training board or is it students or a little bit of everything it's really a lot of different options i mean we're extremely flexible um we have uh horses in training uh we have horses in training with their owners and come in training we have uh, uh, people that just take private lessons or people that just here and don't ride with us and just uh, want to use the facility and uh, and and enjoy the weather it comes back to what you said at the start it comes back to any level oh yeah any yes. anything you want to do yes you can come down here to your facility mm-hmm. and find, you know, boarding, find lessons, find yes. whatever you want. Yep. You know, you are open to all of that at this yes. facility. Yep. Yes. Yep. And it, I like our different clinics yes. that we also offer. And, and um, our most popular is our Ride Well Clinic. And again, second most popular is the dressage clinics for those riding, of course, the classical English dressage. And now the fast-growing Western dressage is mm-hmm. is amazing, the um, interest and the growth in that in a short three years. It's in its fourth year this year. And from that, which we really didn't even intend to, but that's where we started doing the competitions because, you know, you have two clientele in which we both, we love both. It doesn't matter for us. We have the recreational rider, and then we've got the, the competitor. Well, what we did for the recreational rider, which also is a both a dual um, success there, is that we built, we took three and a half acres and we built a natural obstacle arena where people would encounter what they could encounter on a trail ride. And it is probably, Wayne, yes. one of the, be- one of the so best cool. ones in Florida. We it's, were looking at that It's the first yeah. one on anywhere toward yeah. the Midwest yeah. and the East. It's really great. And I got the idea of, uh, it started in the Northwest. I was doing clinics in Washington State. And it, the Northwest is very popular because of trail riding. And it's amazing. First of all, it gives us such a great variety to train our horses, to do something outside of the ring, give them a variety in training. But it's the best thing to teach riders to be confident to go out and trail ride. But so for the recreational rider, it's been perfect there. But for the competitor, we started making a course and the course is all you have to show good horsemanship. Yes. It's not just the obstacle. It's just not an obstacle. It's not just an obstacle course. Yeah. So yes. that part we really like. And so it blends with the dressage together. They have, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, they have actually some huge competitions mm-hmm. with this. I mean, yep. They actually have, they have a, mountain challenges. Yeah, they've yeah. had a setup inside a building. That's that right. Unbelievable when yeah. they have in, these challenges. In Eugene, yeah. Oregon. Yeah. Yes. National yes. Championship. Yeah. But this is different because th- this type of competition, it's only at the walk, and those are pretty scary obstacles. Which, and it's geared toward mountain yeah. riding. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. What, we, what we do here um, is replicating conditions that you might encounter on a trail ride. In this part of the country. In this part of the country. So it's not just 
being well, a, going over an obstacle is also showing proper horsemanship. But it's a course also that, once again, that novice rider can it, come and learn on. Yes. to right. our elite. So right. we've got five different we've, divisions And now. You, you're nice because you open it up every once in a while. Let, let, uh, let us come in and school on it. We have. We've yeah. come over, my wife and I, and I brought. And you can do in hand, too. You don't have to ride because right. I have a driving pony. So we brought him over and played with him. It was so much fun. Yeah. And you have the scariest bridge ever, apparently, because... Uh, <laughs> 16 foot high yes. yeah, in the air. We've got yeah. one of three, but yes. Did, did Jennifer discover that? Yes, yes, uh, she did, actually, during the one competition. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is fun. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then I want to come back and talk a little bit about what people might know you more for is the clinics around the country and the things you do. And I want to know why, why Palm Partnership Training is different than all the others. That are out there right now. We can sure do that. We'll have to get Marie Francis involved a little bit, too. Okay, good. All right. Good. Hi, Fiona Crawford here, and I'm an official Horse Radio Network auditor. I'm a horse photographer based in the UK, and when I'm editing my images, I listen to the vast selection of great programs provided by the Horse Radio Network. Both informative and really entertaining, I think it's worth a few dollars or pounds of anyone's money. Just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner and for as little as a dollar a month you too could become an official horse radio network auditor We're back here on this joint show, and I'm here Absolutely. with Wayne Williams. It's so good to see you again. It's good to be here, Glenn. And, of course, we're at Palm Partnership Training here in Ocala. And, Lynn, there are so many clinicians out there now. You go to all of these expos and shows, and you see them all, right? There's there's a thousand, it seems like, anymore. What makes – and you've been around for a while, but what makes Palm different? What makes your – your clinics, your training different? Well, I think the first of all is that we do multidisciplines and we also open to all breeds. So we'll have a drafty kind of horse or a gated kind of horse, a quarter horse, a thoroughbred, a warm blood. It doesn't matter. And the multidiscipline is that we do hunt seat or hunters jumper, which Cyril specializes with. We also do um, dressage and we also do Western riding. And I think where it's really unique, um, where we can set ourselves apart again is that we don't have our own methods that we teach because we base our method of teaching on sound principles of dressage. So those dressage principles are the foundation and fundamental of any type of riding, any saddle, any breed of horse. And both Cyril and I, again, have our backgrounds of dressage as young riders. And I specialized with quarter horses through my career because I grew up around them, but I wanted to try everything. Well, today, as I did as a kid, I don't ride any different in a dressage saddle than I do in a Western saddle. And what I learned from that training is that, again, it's natural horsemanship, if you want to say it, or it's training the horse according to his natural instincts. But the main fundamentals that really relate to all of this is in any sport, you have to have a correct position for balance. We have to have a way to communicate with the horses, and it's through the natural aids that we communicate, seat, legs, and hands. That's how we can do it naturally. And then it's our responsibility, and again, where we're unique, we improve the rider to improve the horse. We also don't fix horses. So it's our responsibility as a rider to control that horse's balance in what he's doing, whether he's jumping, running a barrel, doing a lead change or a canter depart, or lengthening his jog. It doesn't matter. 
what it may be. So that's where it's unique. But I have to tell you a funny story with the expos because I started a little more than a decade ago doing the expos and we used the word dressage principles to bake back our training methods. And people would come up to me and say, Oh, I can't ride dressage. Yeah, that's I don't want to do hard. dressage. Yeah. Or, I'm yeah. just a trail rider. I can't, yeah. I don't do dressage or I ride Western. It's not dressage. Is it for me? Well, now a decade or more later, people now are coming to me, these expos we just did this year. Oh, I've been taking lessons from a dressage rider and I ride Western or I do Western dressage with my gated horse or I ride classical dressage and Western with my own horse and do the both disciplines. Even the so, rainers so now the, are doing yes, fundamental dressage exactly. training first. If you look at it, yeah. and I had I had a rainer and I had a dressage person both in the arena a while back at an expo. And they were comparing notes, and it's 99% the same. There you go. I mean, the cue point on the horse might be different, but it's raining and dressage are almost identical except yep. for the attire and maybe where you cue the horse. And that sliding stop thing. The yeah. dressage riders tend well, to not they, want to do that do too that. much. But I mean, no, but this, it's the shoes that make them stop. But the mechanics of how the horse should operate and stop and do to do that it's stop, there. it's all basically. But the when same. we use the the word dress or the words dressage principles, that's not necessarily refer to the sport. The sport of dressage, of dressage. right? Right. Okay, that refer more to classical training and a series that's, of principles well, and a progression. The levels. Was, yes, yeah. that were discovered a long time ago and are basically principles that, first of all, are humane. Yes. They're effective. And they really promote your horses to respond willingly and exactly. be happy. Because this is what we're all about here at Palm Punchship Training with any breed or any, any type of riding. Is Bottom that line. Our ultimate goal is we want the horses to be willing in whatever we ask them to do. That's very, very important. And isn't it the dressage really means training? Yes. Right? It's yeah. a French so term it, that means training. It's a French training. term that means Absolutely. training. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But like Glenn was saying, some when we, we use the word dressage principle, people say, I don't write dressage, so I can't come. That's why it's important to mention that dressage principle does not necessarily refer to the sport of dressage. I just want to make sure that we're clear on that. Right. Yeah. But again, it's a sound principle that's, yes. that's not our methods. It's methods that we learned with a good sound classical dressage, but again, it's, it relates to good horsemanship in yep. any And it discipline. goes back thousands of years. It's not yes, just hundreds exactly. of years. It like really goes back exactly. thousands of years. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. And, yes. I, and I, you mentioned about the Western dressage. Um, for me, I think it's the best thing that could happen for Western riders because there isn't enough... Um, how would I say good horsemanship methods and enough practiced with Western riding. And it gives people a guideline, the fundamentals, a fundamentals, as I mentioned, but it gives a guideline of a progression. What's easier and what's harder in this sport. My, our first most common thing when someone comes to a clinic, they say, I want to learn flying leap changes. And I go, that's great. That's the hardest transition you can learn. I says, now I need to see how you see do you a in Canada the, the 10th clinic. Exactly. <laughs> how you can do a simple tra- uh, change of lead through the trot, through the walk. And they can't do any of those things, but yet they want to learn the hardest one. So it gives a guideline. Yes, you can learn that. If you do these principles first, 
then you can have success you have with to the build other. To that Absolutely, point. Right. sure. You yes, but that's build. hard because that's human nature, right? We all want to yes. get yeah. it done but tomorrow, that's good, right? But yeah. a lot of, most of the time, people don't know. See, right. and I, I have in the general. Western world, and I think that's where Western. One second, Wayne. I think that's where Western dressage really is bringing in a whole new group of people that we've never seen before. And I absolutely love Western dressage because, it, and. To get back to when Jennifer, when my wife, came over with her horse, who had never done a Western dressage show in his life, her quarter horse, and he did very well that day. Came in second, I think. But it was it brought her in. She would have never done that before. You know, she's a classical English dressage eventer for years. Mm-hmm. And she had so much fun doing that Western dressage show. She really did. Because yeah. the fundamentals are still the same. They're exactly Absolutely. the same. Right. They're exactly right. the same. Yep. I just would like to go back quickly about what makes bomb partnership training a little bit different. Yeah. Um, beside the fact that Len was saying that um, there's a slogan we use all the times is be the rider your horse deserves. Yes. So in all our programs, we really focus on improving the rider to improve the horse. Yeah, that's where we're a little more different. Because it's programs. so easy for us as riders to say, oh, my horse was off today. Oh, yeah. Which usually or means you were off today. Let's fix this about the yeah. horse and yeah. fix that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So the more that you teach a rider how to understand the simple biomechanics of how a horse operates, yes. his instincts... His personality and his temperament goes along with that in some way. But you also then teach them the skills they need to know to be able to achieve what they want to do with their horse. So, again, improving the rider to improve the horse, it works all the time. And and there's there's a point there, too, where you you may see your horse doing something. uh, I had a gentleman say this one time. The horse is in the pasture doing doing something, and he wanted the horse to do it. He could never get the horse to do it when he wanted to. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he said it took him. About three years mm-hmm. to learn how to ask the horse. There you go. See, sure. He had to learn how to ask. The horse could do it. He just didn't understand what you wanted. You had yeah. to learn the process. This was the, this why the, the 30 days or the 60 days or the 90 days doesn't work. Yeah, Ultimately, training. it doesn't because it takes some regular practice because you have to establish with your horse. And that's why we chose the word partnership. That's, is of course a word that's used a lot, but it takes time to build partnership. It's not something that happens overnight. Right. Um, the other thing I'd like to mention is that in all our programs, we teach our programs. That's right. We don't have assistants we don't that have teach assistants or doing it. affiliates yes. that we do have that um, are younger professionals. But that's probably one of the most common questions people ask. If I come to your program, does Lynn and Cyril teach? Or And, of course, we do. We do all the programs. And we teach together, which is, I mean, which is really a plus. And they look still happy, Wayne. That's the other thing. I don't know what the deal is, you. It's the bottle of You're just trying to stir up trouble. I know you are. Thank God for Beaujolais, yes. But yes, we we teach together. So we, I think we make a good team. We complement each other real well because we have a pretty wide background. That's a great thing because there's nothing more demoralizing than, you know, to to pay to see or be involved with somebody. Sure. Big you bucks. get to see them <laughs> sure. for five yeah. minutes yeah. in the walk-by while sure. you're having a soda break and then... Somebody else it. is teaching. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that even the shows that you do, you put on, you're there. You're there for the award ceremony, oh, yeah. hugging everybody. Oh, yeah. and, and that oh, means yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and we don't see that all the time. We really don't. Yeah. Well, let's uh, take another uh, commercial break here. We're going to be right back here from uh, from this beautiful farm in Ocala. Absolutely. In just a minute. He was her first love, the one that started it all. He taught her how to master the posting trot and navigate her first hunter course. 
They spent hours together exploring the trails and hanging out in the barn. His name was doodled on every page in her school notebook. His coat gleamed in the sun as he met her at the gate each day, snuffling for a treat. From the first time she saw him poking his head out of the stall to the last time she patted him goodbye, he was, and always will be, her everything. This love story is brought to you by Nalox Advanced, providing complete support for a healthy digestive tract, which reduces the risk of colic and digestive upset. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. Hey, we're back. It's our uh, joint simulcast horses in the morning radio with glenn and uh, speaking of horses with wayne williams we're glad to be here and uh, we are joined now by karen butler and by marie francis and uh, you guys are uh, well student and office manager farm manager what what's your all title? around manager your title, i'd say marie? I, I see her here all the know, time. I don't know that I have one title. <laughs> it could be anything from uh, booking a clinic, cleaning stalls, feeding horses, puppy sitting, driving to horse fairs, horse ex- expos, competitions. Oh, you so you it. drive and she sleeps, right? I, Lynn sleeps. Or Lynn, you know, she's got to get her upgrade to first class. So <laughs> she may be headed on the Delta flight. Yeah, she might be sitting in an airport checking that overhead to see That's if that right. name pops up. Right? <laughs> That's for sure. But I see Marie at, at all of the expos that, that you guys are at. You're always running the booth, setting everything up, and, and uh, you know, you you are a very worthy worker, I'll tell you. Well, you do thank a great you. job. Thank you. you. Great job. How long have you been here? I am going to celebrate a milestone of 20 years. Really? With Lynn and Cyril. Yes. Wow. 20 years in May. You better have a party. Year. Nobody's ever worked for anybody 20 years in the horse world. <laughs> 20 years. 20 years, yes. That has never happened before. You know, I think she's had a record. In the position where, that Marie is in, I can tell you, I've seen other clinicians or trainers who have traveled to horse expos, and they have a brand new farm manager, road manager, whatever you wish to call them. Mm-hmm. And we all sit around and take bets. Will it go six months or a year? Yeah. You know, and it never does. It, it never does. <laughs> it never does. <laughs> so it's really, it's that's, a, that's, that's a great. That's a testament to you a, and to them. Everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Were you a horse person? What did you do previously? I, well, I grew up riding ponies in South Jersey. I was fortunate enough to meet Lynn. She came to do a clinic when I was in um, in school in West Virginia at a small private school for an equine business degree. And I did an internship, believe it or not, 96, when Lynn and Cyril left me in Michigan to go to the Olympic Games with Rugged Lark. So that was my first real dive into, can you take care of the place on your own? And <laughs> thankfully, I, I think I passed that test, and I was presented the opportunity to return after my last year. Because the last thing you want to be worried about is your farm when you're at the Olympics. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, no. It was, it was a huge undertaking, but very much worth it. Good experience for me. And at the time, I had only met Lynn. I didn't get to meet Cyril until I was in Michigan. So we spent some time together, and we got close after he learned that I could do a little jumping. Then, then, then we were close. Also, you could come back time. with his French sense of humor. You, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So that was, that was my first... Uh, after my internship, I came back here full time, and it was the first year that uh, Fox Grove Farm and Palm Partnership Training 
were together. So it was just a good turning point from there changing their business from training and competing to education. And it was perfect for me because that was an interest that I had, and, and that's where we've really, I think, blossomed as a team. And what you, the things you've learned over the years, I mean, geez. Lots. Lots of, uh, started out as horse care and management, and now I work with people in our competitions and our clinics, both here and at different locations, as Wayne said, uh, trade show booth. Uh, I've learned social media, internet, business management, accounting. I think I've drawn the line at braiding and having puppies. Those are the two things I'm not going to do. No puppies. <laughs> well, you know, though, the, the thing that, that does fit so well is, like you said, 20 years, you know, and it becomes uh, a mainstay that when Lynn is doing an expo, you know, Lynn's at the expo, we know that you're going to be around, mm -hmm. you know, we know sure. that here, uh, you know, in all of the training here, it's going to be Lynn, it's, uh, Lynn, it's going to be Cyril, but that's 20 years of consistency. And when it yeah. comes to a student like Susan, who Absolutely. is here as a student, that consistency means a lot. You know, you don't see the turnover, you don't see changes, you don't see turmoil, you see a good, steady, workable program. And that speaks volumes. It does. It's, it's a tremendous, uh, relief to be able to board at a place like this. I, I'm a full-time boarder here. And, um, I've been in Ocala, um, a little over two years. And my first year was kind of rough with finding a place for my horse. And, and then I kind of got in a real bind. Um, I had met Marie Francis when I was exploring Western dressage and had gone to just watch a show. So in desperation, I picked up the phone and said, I'm in trouble. I have about a week. I need to find a place to board. Um, I thought for sure there was no boarding here. Um, and so I was just looking for in the horse capital of the world. I know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. And I was just looking for where do I go? And she goes, well, we board here. And I moved in, I think two days later. And that's a year and a half ago. And boarding, you know, boarding is so hard because there's so few barns that don't have drama. You know, there's yes. so few barns that aren't just a nightmare for whatever reason. Right. You know, there's so many reasons it can be a nightmare. And right. so to hear you say that means a lot because it's, it's not easy. No. Yeah. It's, it isn't at all. We, we were looking for a place here a couple of years ago. Pat and I were in Wisconsin and, and, uh, boy, some of the places you would go to, you'd say, mm. you know, it just, no, no, no. Sounded really good in the ad, but there's yeah. no way past that, right? It's, right. Uh, this, That's this, right. This place is just phenomenal. Right. And, you know, having decided that Western dressage was the direction I was going to go with my horse. I decided that before I moved here, but then to be boarding here and training here with the people that, I mean, how much closer could I get to the beginning of everything? Well, you've got to tell us about your pony. Oh, yeah. He'll be 10 uh, in a few days. His name is Fitch. That's his barn name, mainly because I found him in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, where I was living um, when I was living there in Madison. So What is um, he? He's a quarter horse. Quarter horse? Okay. Yep. He was, um, he was bred by Keith Moon up in Minnesota. Okay. And so when we moved down here, it was kind of an abrupt adjustment for both of us. Um, you know, 
but a nice adjustment. Well, right? we no longer had to deal with Depends. winter. Did you move in August? <laughs> no, no. Moved in January. Oh, good. Moved oh, in good. January. We yes. don't encourage anybody to move here in like July. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, you know, we started um, for about a year. I wasn't showing uh, anymore. I, I really didn't. I mean, I had acquaintances, but no, not really any friends. And, you know, I've been kind of thinking about this and my life in Ocala really started when I started boarding here. Um, this is where I've met friends. I, I meet people who are here maybe just for the winter. I stay in touch with them all year long. You know, there's one thing about us horse people. We suck at making friends that aren't horsey, (laughs) you know, outside the horse world, don't we? I mean, we kind of do because they don't understand us. So they don't want us as friends either. I mean, it goes both ways. Yeah. 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 (laughs) There's some stories about that. Yeah. I can't tell them right now. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that's been really, um, you know, I've met some really close friends. We show together. We lesson together. Um, we play trivia once a week together at a, you know, local, uh, country club here. And it's really what started me feeling comfortable that I'd moved away from, you know, home. So, and I lesson with Cyril about at least probably about once a week. Is he tough? Does he get the whip out? No, no, but you know, he doesn't. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, he's. I got to say, he's probably the best instructor I've had um, in all my horse And life. not just because he's sitting here listening? No. Okay, just checking. No, right, no. Right. And, you know, he's not, he's not wicked tough, but he doesn't let you slack off either, you know? And it truly is a journey. He's shown me that it's that journey. He's brought my horse and I a long ways just in the year that we've been lessening with him. So... It's really, it's a fantastic partnership, as they say, and they teach it extraordinarily well. Very good. I just have to say one thing about Susan. If I were going to have a boarder at Fox Grove Farm, exemplary. <laughs> this is the kind of lady you want to have here. And it's been, it's been boy, easy that, for us. Having and- been on both sides of that, boy, that's so important, too, because yep. we had 20 boarders at one time. And, and you know, boarders complain about the farm owners, but, boy, that can go the other way because, yeah, no, no, we've had a, a great relationship, and I think she can attest to the fact that even if Lynn and Cyril are are traveling, I'm here. Curtis Williams is here. He's been our, our he's been around a long time too, hasn't well, he? Well, he was here when we moved to the farm, so now we're that will be. 20 he came with the again. place, and you can't get rid of him. He's and that's here. not a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's no. not a bad thing. With the first load of lumber, you can't get rid of him. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's just what it is. But. No, it, it, but there again, see, when people all stay, it tells you how good the facility is. Yep, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, you know, my husband um, is still working. I was lucky enough that I got to retire um, so we could make this move down here. Um, and so Lynn and Cyril and Marie Francis and Curtis, they only see me Monday through Friday because this is what I do to keep myself busy and you know, amongst some other things, but you know, if you were a teenager, we'd call you a barn rat. Yeah, you know that, don't exactly, you? <laughs> exactly. And um, I really—they rarely see me on the weekend because I'm off golfing with my husband on the weekend, or I reserve the weekends to be with him. So 
you know, we joke a lot too, but we're down here living the dream, you know, in more yeah. ways than one. Well, I'll tell you this, this whole facility and the, and the Ocala weather, you, you just can't. Yeah. You came on a good day. Uh, it's been a couple of good days since you've come down. We, we were here in February when it was freezing. Yeah. It can we get chilly here, here in the winter. Yeah. People don't realize that Ancala can get chilly. When you get below Orlando, it's about 10 degrees difference when you get down to Wellington or Sarasota. Yeah, because here we're, what is it, about 45, 50 miles north of Orlando? Yeah, we kind of get the weather either from the Gulf or the ocean too. We've always, we, we can get it. We're right in the middle. So we kind of get it from both sides when the weather comes in either direction. Uh, you know, but you know, I always tell people I'll sacrifice the three months that it's just bloody hot and humid for the nine months that it's perfect. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. And the two days yep. of cold weather. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, two one days, thing is right. it might be 30 in the morning, but it's 60 by noon. So, right. you know, I'll right. take right. that. That, that's a good cold one. And it only snows once, what, every 10 years or so. <laughs> so. What, what is the one thing, we, you know, we've been at, we're in the year of the listener here, Wayne, at the Horse Radio Network. So we're really celebrating listeners. We're getting them on the shows all the time and we're doing interviews with them. And one question I ask, and Marie Francis, I would like to hear you answer this. What's your biggest equestrian pet peeve? Oh my goodness. A pet peeve. I think that the horse always comes first, whether that means he's fed first, he has water, he's bedded down, he has a blanket. I'll do all the care of the horse first before myself. And, and often I see folks that are maybe a little detached from the relationship and it's, oh, I got to get to the hotel. I'm so tired. And, and that horse may have an empty bucket that's banging in the stall. And, and I see it more traveling than right, here, right, you know, not yep, so much folks right, that come here right. to the farm. because Yeah, I don't necessarily really, mean here, but I yeah, meant in general. Yeah, yeah, just in general. Yeah. I think that's the thing. People that don't spend enough time with their horses, and then they want to complain that it's not going as well as they would like. So I think time is the, the biggest thing. Susan, what, I'd be interested to hear your what, what's, what that you see as your biggest equestrian pet peeve. Oh, um. I, what really, really uh, bothers me is when you see a rider who, for some reason, something hasn't gone right, um, but they immediately, it's the horse's fault, and they take it out on the horse. Mm-hmm. That that really bothers me to see that. You know, um, I can have something that doesn't go well, um, but... More than not, it's probably because I didn't do something no, right. Ninety percent chance you didn't. <laughs> yes, it, I always call it operator error. Yeah. So it's operator error on my part. Stop, regroup, but it certainly isn't the horse's fault. That's a good one, actually. That's that's excellent. Yep. Generally, it is not the horse's fault in almost all cases. Uh, there are a few times, maybe it is, but in almost all cases, it's not. It's it's some. Miscommunication. It's pilot error. You know, in right. most cases. I gotta ask Wayne that question. You've, you've announced at a million horse shows. Okay. All across this country, all different kinds of horse shows. I saw you at the WAG. You were at the WAG doing yeah, announcing. Yeah. That's where we met the first time, right. actually, was at the WAG in, in Lexington. So what's your biggest equestrian pet peeve? You've seen it all. Well, I, it sort of centers around what Marie said, but it's the guy that shows up at the gate, piles on the horse because somebody else got the horse ready. Somebody else did all the stuff, piles on the horse, goes in the arena. It doesn't work well, and he cannot figure out who to blame. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I've seen it a million times. And, and in the entertainment side of it, 
you know, when we're doing like evening shows, you know, you know, the people that are going to put on a good show are, have been working with their horse through the day and all that. You can't just pull them out of the stall, take them in, you know, uh, and, and do it. It's the person that doesn't spend the time. They just go and they pile on and say, he'll be fine. You know, I'm guilty of that myself. Okay. I have done that myself with my own horse. He'll be fine, you know. But when you watch them and it's an evening show and it's their chance to, they're not showing their horse, they're showing off their horse and they're Mm -hmm. showing off their abilities. And I wonder why they didn't take a little bit more time to prepare. Why did they just expect it to happen? Because they had a top trainer. They had this, you know. At some of the horse shows, you see the trainer of the horse go in in the open division and win all kinds of stuff. And then the amateur owner, they get on and they get the gate, okay? And they don't understand, but they don't spend any time with the horse. The trainer does mm-hmm. it all. He's got the relationship, okay? I had, to, I had dinner last week with, a I won't mention who, but a top-level eventer who was still here before they headed back. And that was one of this, I won't even say male or female, that was one of this person's biggest complaints about about modern sport is that there's less and less of the professional riders that have truly developed a relationship like Lynn had with a few horses there through the years that truly have developed a special relationship with that horse or any relationship with that horse. They get on, they jump, they get off. They get on, they ride, they get off. And that's the last time they see that horse, so they get on a ride again in competition. So there's no relationship there. Now, that happens a little more in some disciplines than others. You can't get away with that in some disciplines. Uh, But it... I'm not sure it's good for the sport either. It's that relationship is what the true partnerships, the, uh, the, the, you know, the true partnerships that we've seen, including Lynn through the years. Well, you know, I, I have to comment on this because I was at a horse expo a few years ago and I forget who was there. Gentleman was commenting at a round table, but he was a dressage instructor. And one of the questions from the audience was, well, you know, I know it takes all these years, this level, this level, this level, moving up through the ranks in dressage, but how could I go from here to here? In other words, how could I circumvent, okay, or skip steps to get there quicker? And he just gritted his teeth, and he says, always in America, you want it tomorrow, okay? He says, you can't was have he German? It he was uh I'm not sure if he was German, but... <laughs> You know where I'm, where yep, I'm going. Yeah, I know exactly. I do a very bad accent, but I will tell you. <laughs> He's either German or Dutch. <laughs> he was saying, you know, you want it tomorrow. You can't have it tomorrow. But he said, always in America, you want to figure out how to speed up the process. And he said, if you want this right, you cannot speed up this process. And if you don't believe that, you're not my student. <laughs> and that was it. But that's the whole thing. If you want to do it correctly and follow all those steps, I'll help you. But if you're trying to circumvent or find shortcuts, it's not going to happen. Well, let's uh, take a break at that. I'd love to to bring those other two back into the conversation, (laughs) because this is a good point to bring them back into the conversation. We thank you, guys, Marie and Karen, very much. Total Saddle Fit has the cinch that you've been looking for for your Western dressage saddle. The shoulder relief cinch actually changes the position and angle of the billets to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with the shoulder. 
the center of the cinch is set forward to sit in the horse's natural girth groove, while the sides of the cinch are cut back to meet the billets two inches behind where the horse's natural girth groove lies. This brings the latigos from angling forward to becoming perpendicular to the ground, which reduces the saddle's tendency to be pulled forward into the shoulders. With horses that have shoulder interference without angled billets, it simply moves the billets back to keep the saddle further away from the shoulders. The secondary benefit to this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. So you guys were hearing the conversation we just had about pet peeves and about professional riders now really getting on for 10 minutes at a time and not developing that really bond and relationship with the horse. What, Lynn, I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Well, this. I have to tell you about my first mentor who was um, just an incredible um, equestrian and trainer. And she always told me as a young person and wanting to train horses, she always would tell me the longer you take to train a horse, the longer he'll last. The, the the shorter you take to train a horse, it takes to, you to train a horse, the shorter they're going to last because you are skipping lots of spots. So, you know, it's... But in a way, they don't care because so they're going through important. horses left and right. They're just piling the... You know, they got 80 in the barn. So yeah. if they that, last for three or four years, they're on to the next 70. Exactly. Right. And, and always the longevity of the horse and developing the older horse to last long, that's always been instilled in me as, as someone that is a is a, a a passionate trainer because they're always looking out for the best interest in the horse they're not looking for the short term horse and you see as you said that in any discipline today you see it in life um people want things in a hurry and it's okay to to, to dispose that and do it and get another one or do it again so Sarah, or, I got to ask you do, you, do you think the more money that's become involved in the, especially that you were in jumpers in France, you know, it, it jumpers especially, yes. uh, is that the one of the contributing factors? They got to pump out those horses. I mean, you, you hit it perfectly, right? I think, I think it has become such a huge business and numbers, riding horses. There's so many horse shows. Um, when I used to show heavily the hunters and the and the jumpers, but especially the jumpers in France, um, you showed from uh, March fifteenth to November fifteenth. From November fifteenth to March fifteenth, no horse shows, and this was absolutely wonderful because you could rest your horse show, your, your horses, you could work on basics. They actually got uh, turned out. They get turned <laughs> out. You can refresh. You can you can start over, it, and now you can literally have to show if your livelihood is to show horses. Literally, have to show from January first to December thirty first, and you have so many horses or horse shows all over the country, and you have no choice. So I think it's only a contributing factor of of making it a business uh, and and forgetting a little bit about the art and and about the 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 the, the pleasure of riding and and the pleasure of of bringing the the best out of horses and I want to mention Carol Harris for instance is adamant about that. One of the reasons of the success of Rugged Lark and Lynn is because she never never wanted to show the horse too much. She 
Always. Well, and that was a very long-term relationship, Yeah, 16 too. years. 16 yeah. years, yeah. Yeah, but a short show career because he won so much. Right. But again, we just He just got bored slow, of winning everything. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but careful like, training to where the horse was confident in what he was doing, and he wasn't pushed in any way. But he was just a unique, very smart horse, but unique horse that he retained his lessons, and he was very willing. So you put all that together, made him unique in a lot of ways to have a short show career. But um, what he went on 10 years after to do exhibitions from the Olympics to Madison Square Gardens twice and where, everywhere that he did go. Even today, it's I'm, I'm showing or uh, entertained for the first time in uh, Indianapolis, son. the last owned son of Rugged Lark for the first time in a Make-A-Wish Foundation. It was an evening thing of this, the uh, Indiana Hoosier Horse Fair. Horse fair right. And... Um, it, the people remember that horse. They don't forget him. You know, that was the beginning of my introduction. Do you remember my, you know, we were, he was talking like he, it was the horse talking. His name is Lark's Home Run. And do you remember my dad, Rugged Lark? I mean, the crowd went crazy. They, they yeah. all remembered him. And you know, I'm that's go, longevity training right there. And I'm going to yeah. go from the other side, too. There are the exceptions out there now. The Charlotte Desjardins of Allegros, <laughs> yes. who, yes. you know, truly does train oh, that horse yes. and has the relationship and the bond has and it. really wants to be with that horse forever. Absolutely. So I think there are exceptions yes. to, to that out there. Yep. I don't know. So where is the future of the sport? I, I just think that... Um, you have no choice to reach the highest level of your discipline of your sport. You have to spend time with your horse. Yeah. You have to train your horse. That yeah. that that will not work. Yeah. Right. Um, it's always short term. We had the opportunity, Len and I, to spend a week with Charlotte in Australia. Yes, in Australia. And, oh, did you? Yes. yes. Oh, how cool was that? Very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And I mean, she is just as sweet off air as, as she is. sweet and humble and not a dressage queen in any way. She has a wicked mm. sense of humor. Does yes. she? Yes. Yeah. She Very British. Her, she calls her horse Blueberry. So yep. that right. tells you a thing right. or two. Right. And it was absolutely wonderful to be with this world. Was Carl dominant. there or was it just no. Charlotte at that point? No, just Charlotte. Yeah. Just Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, and, and as you were saying, she was really, really wanting to know everything about a horse. And know all his habits, uh, behavior, temperament in order to get the most out of a horse when she has to ride him. Yeah. And, and when you, uh, you, you were asking the, really well. the ladies before what their it's... pet peeve was, mine pet peeve is when I see those kids in particular that are lifted on top of the horse at the gate. They ride the horse. They come out of the, the, the ring. They go down. No contact with the horse. Um, I, I really don't think you can ride well and, and establish a partnership with your horse if you don't establish a partnership with your horse beside riding. Right. And, and the problem is when you see kids doing it, yes, mm -hmm. they're never going to learn how no. to do it properly. No. Ever. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've even seen this, uh, creeping into 4-H a few places. 4-H mm -hmm. used to be strictly about the kids coming in, doing their horse, doing, you know, all of this had to be the kid. Absolutely. Okay. And there are now 4-H kids that grooms are going with them. Yes. I mean, so the the 4-H kid doesn't even have to uh, clean up in front of their stall in the barn for the rest of the judging of 4-H of horse and pony projects. So it's out of control in a way. Yes. Because that's where you... No, no, the pony clubbers still have to muck their own oh, stall. Yes, they do. Do, See, that's the good heart of the event. But yeah. that's, where the kids, <laughs> that's where the kids need to be out in that show ring, regardless of whether they have a silver show saddle or just a plain leather saddle. 
uh, and taking care of their horse and learning all the basics. The rest will come as you reach whatever level you're going mm-hmm. to. Part of what we do on Horses in the Morning is some of the fun stuff of clubbing, covering the celebrities that are in this, in jumping especially now, you know, the very, the billionaire yes. kids, right? Sure. And I won't say which one, but I, it just made me so angry, actually. And, and, and I brought it up in the show, and I didn't get the same reception from everybody else that I thought I was going to get, is she said, she said in an article, she said, they asked her, you know, are you going to have a farm and ride after your riding career is over, your professional riding career? And she said, no, I only ride horses to compete. I don't really care about horses all that much. I won't own horses after. It was just for the competition. And for yeah. me, that just pissed me off. Yeah. And I think, you know, I didn't, other people didn't get pissed off as much as I did. But I just found it. I just went, I don't think that's my idea of what a true partnership and a relationship and a love of horses is right or does nor does she know how magical horses are in so many yeah, she, ways she doesn't can care. appreciate that she doesn't sure care. but then she that's probably doesn't care about much else yeah. either she doesn't have to see what they're looking yeah. for is all the stuff that surrounds that horse yeah, community not necessarily the horse at all yeah it's be, in the jumper yeah. world it's become kind of a social thing all the right. billionaire kids are, ju- are jumping now yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, but I, I think the I think the the, the top riders are, too, are are all horsemen, just a generic term, um, because really it's impossible to succeed without really without, knowing your right, horse, right? And and because you have to trust your horse, and your horse has to trust you, and you cannot achieve that by just being put on a horse and then just right. ride. You're exactly um, right. And 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 usually the the great ones um, are. Great, great horsemen. And that's why they rise to the top. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. You have right. to ask my pet peeve. All right. Your pe- oh, we got to know your pet peeve. All right. It comes back to the we Western world. It? Yeah. It comes okay. back to the Western world. Okay. And it is the rapport that, and starts with the kids, that they see the adults do and the professionals do, yeah. is riding with harsh methods. Riding with a lot of jerking of the reins, severe bits, Spurs that they should never have on and have no idea why they're doing it or what they're doing. And all I see is sad horses. And you see that in the, in the stock horse breeds. And, um, I hope the influence of the Western, um, versatility ranch horse, ranch riding horses, which is growing tremendously mm-hmm. and Western dressage Inside, yes. will help these people learn to appreciate the horse that you can accomplish whatever you want to achieve with a horse and not have to ride him in harsh ways. Are you surprised? I got to think about how I want to word this. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, the Horsemanship Radio show we have on the Horse Radio Network is Monty Roberts' daughter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, Monty's She's probably great. been around the lo- still around the longest of almost all of them now. Yeah. And, of course, you know, believes in, in you know, in... The exact opposite of what you were just talking mm-hmm. about. And there's been so many like you, and along the way, there's been so many others that are really talking about that. Are you surprised that we're still even discussing that 40 years later? It, it, it really, it saddens me. It really does that. And, and I do still see some moves of improvement. And good influences, like I said, of these other Western disciplines. But these people go to the, these are the same but I people don't that go to the clinics at expos and then go home and do that. I know. You know, when they're learning just the opposite from you and, and Monty and everybody else at a clinic. I know. Go ahead. Well, think, All right. See, why you, you, here's where you go. You go back to the, to the high schoolers, you know, the 16, 17, 18 year old, especially let's start with the boys. Mm-hmm. Because they have a mystique about, I'm going to go ride Western. I'm going to, I'm going to ride working cow. I'm going to ride speed. I'm going to do something. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this attire and spurs and all this, 
They want to be seen wearing the spurs into the restaurant at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and okay. clinging. The cling, clinging. Cling. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they want that. That's part of no, the No, they attire. want the girls. That's well, part of the, yeah, that's. <laughs> it's the It's the mystique. So what they're doing is they're not doing what it takes to work with a horse. They're doing what it takes to fill the bill and meet the mystique. They couldn't even tell you why they have a certain rowel or not a rowel or what on the spur. They couldn't tell you anything about that mm-hmm. other than, well, if you're a cowboy, it's you're cool. supposed to wear yeah. it. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's yeah. right. And yeah. that's what it, that, once again, it's not about following what's good for the horse. It's about following all that stuff that surrounds the horse. Because mm-hmm. the, the people that accept those methods, they don't care about the horse. That has nothing to mm-hmm. do with the horse. Mm-hmm. We've had, we have a lot of people coming from this part of the industry where harsh methods are common because they realize very quickly that this is not what they want to do right because they love their horses yep. because they want to learn to ride and get skills instead of getting results from submission and from force and from everything else and, and, and also they're not really getting results and they're not and ultimately in a, in a long term it doesn't work at all it yeah. absolutely doesn't work so Everybody that's in that sport for the love of horses, they don't last very long with this type of, uh, with this type of training of this type yeah. of riding. And, and the, the, the stock breed shows, uh, uh, have lost a lot of people yeah. because of that. And that's why I said at the beginning, people that we attract, which we love, are people that have a passion for the horse. Absolutely. And if you don't recognize how magical they are, I mean, from so many facets of, of, from rehabilitation and um, uh, handicap people to helping people now emotionally and and the PSTD wounded warder, and, yes, warriors yeah. to to t- teaching children when they have good influences of the right parents that are saying okay if you want a horse you got to learn what responsibility is as simple as that you got to take care of it you know just it just and it teaches so such good wealth so it's it's those that recognize how magical, I love to use that word because horses really are. Um, they have so much to give in so many different ways. And the more people discover that, they, they seek, they want to ride well. They want to be good owners for their horses. Yes. And that's where you can meet people at those expos and they come to educational programs to to uh, build uh, a good success with what they have with their horses. Well, and you know, when you say magical, you can take the worst day in the world. You can have yes. the worst day in the world. I know. Go you go cry exactly. that shoulder. <laughs> then you can go in, get your horse, and, and this is what my wife says all the time. Worst day in the world, come in, put on the blue jeans and the T-shirt, go to the barn. And even if you don't get on the horse, just be around the yep. horse. You know, yes. play around with the horse. It takes a few minutes, and that worst day in the world is gone. Yep, yep. That's right. And they can bring that to you that's without true. even riding. That's yep, very that's true. true. Well, we've solved all the problems of the worst yeah. world here. I'm glad oh, you came down, Wayne. Yeah, now we got to move on to the political elections. <laughs> yeah, now we'll do elections <laughs> next. Please, no. <laughs> Give no, out the no. website. Where I'm, can I'm people not... find uh, you guys? Hey, easy. Lynnpalm.com. Uh, that's our main website. We do have other ones um, goes along with that, but that's the main one. And, and Facebook? Oh, yeah. Got it. Is that's that Lynn Palm or uh, is that Palm Horsemanship Training on Palm Facebook? Palm Partnership Training. Palm Partnership Training. Right. Yes. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. On yep. Facebook. Yep. That's what I, yep. okay. Yep. I knew it was a little different, so I wanted to make sure yep. they found it. Well, yep. th- thank you so much this for entertaining us. Oh, it's been fun for us. Yeah. Thank yeah. You very much. And we welcome anybody to come and visit us. Our gates are always open. 
Well, Wayne, where can my audience find your stuff? Speakingofhorses.com. And we are going to air the TV side there uh, in conjunction with the time frame when you air the radio side of this simulcast. And then we'll also archive it so people can come back and watch it. That's awesome. You know, at at a later date. So, and we can be found at horsesinthemorning.com is where you can go to take a listen to that too. Mm 